from the Cervera Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWint. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm Omar DeWint, Communications Executive here at Surveyor Real Estate. Joining me in the studio today to talk about tax benefits of living in Florida, tech, and the overall uh, future evolution of South Florida's tech startup scene is Richard Lavina, CEO and founder of TaxFile, a Miami-based venture-backed startup being heralded as the Uber of taxes. So Richard, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you here. We were just talking uh, off mic about uh, tax file, the exciting sort of uh, booming and and fast evolving um, startup scene here, and and just sort of where the future is is going for businesses like yours and and other startups looking to um, come here. But I, I think uh, before we get into the sort of deep dive on, like I mentioned, uh, taxes, the the benefits, tech scene, and all that, why don't you please um, give our listeners a little bit of background on you, um, sort of your story mm-hmm. and and how you got here to today. Sure. So I'm a Miami native, born and raised. Went to high school here, Belen Jesuit uh, College as well, uh, University of Miami. Proud grad. Uh, our football team's not that good, but <laughs> <laughs> when I was ever make up for it, yeah. yeah was <laughs> but producing great talent. Um, you know, not just uh, I'm a county uh, major and uh, a CPA, mm-hmm. uh, but but also engineering and you know, kind of get into. Uh, my line of work now, but a little bit of my history. I, uh, after graduating from the University of Miami, I uh, became a CPA, uh, worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers, um, stayed in Miami uh, with that opportunity, uh, worked on Ryder, uh, learned a lot. Um, but, you know, while working in the profession, um, realized that, you know, times are changing the 21st century and the evolution of technology and software um, is allowing and enabling uh, young individuals as myself to go out and solve problems uh, in different markets. And um, I uh, found an opportunity in accounting, uh, particularly in taxes, and uh, ventured out from PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, to start my own uh, startup. Right. Um, that's tax file. And well, in uh, the last year or two here in Florida, as you know, starting top line, you know, with our audience, primarily real estate professionals and sort of real estate consumers, um, taxes has become more and more the, a part of the conversation in terms of tax benefits, Florida being a 0% tax state um, with the change in tax laws a couple years ago. So um, I guess if you could just top line for me, break down the benefits for those who aren't aware uh, for whatever reason mm. in the real estate market on the tax benefits and how it applies to either an individual or business coming here. Sure. So um, as we were mentioning off air, uh, you know, if you're now set up in New York, New York City, Manhattan, right, you, you're faced with a, uh, a state tax burden that you no longer under the new Trump tax code can deduct off your federal taxes. Right. Um, so it's slightly heftier now than it was in the past. Uh, there's also a city tax that's applied to you on top of that. And if you move to sunny South Florida, not only do you get to reap the benefits of the wonderful weather, but you get to forego uh, those burdens, right? Um, also, the Trump tax code allows it uh, for flow-through entities, um, particularly taking, uh, you know, um, place in this market, this real estate market, you know, with tangible property, additional benefits, you know, in terms of uh, deductions, right? So it's it's friendlier 
um, you know, to this to this industry. I love that. And um, let's talk about, you know, business and operating mm. business here. Um, you are a prime example of sort of the benefits, let's say that one just beyond the taxes, one can, let's say, leverage mm. uh, in, in this climate. Walk me through that sort of your story and how that applies to the, the Miami startup scene. Yeah. So Miami is a, a pretty interesting place. We have this huge concentration of personal wealth, you know, um, some consider it the capital of Latin America. We also lately have seen a lot of uh, injection of capital from Europe and, you know, and particularly Russia, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of eclectic in terms of its, its makeup. Um, you know, what draws people here is obviously the weather and, you know, the, the growth, high growth potential. Um, you know, it's not like you're going into Manhattan or into San Francisco and buying an apartment, you know, a two bedroom apartment for $7 million. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's actual story when I was in, I mean, I'll be in SF tomorrow, but I was in San Francisco a few weeks ago and I was like, Oh, just curious. Let me hop on Zillow. Like, Whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> $7 million. Um, you know, so in, in terms of entry point, it's slightly, uh, lower, but, um, you know, as it relates to, you know, tech and the opportunity and, and kind of, you know, what that capital provides to, uh, the industry and particularly the tech industry down here, you know, you've heard of, you know, the, the tech industry, like with, with what Rocker's doing in Wynwood and the ecosystem that them and companies like us are trying to build. Um, it's trying to, uh, tap into that, to high net worth individual, you know, these family offices, these, um, you know, really successful people and, and, and show them that there's, there's another type of, a diversification in your portfolio you could have and it's and it's and it's involved in in tech startup right and and the reason why you could do that now in miami as we we're talking again off air um is that you know five years ago you know when i used to talk to these vcs out in san francisco in order to get your seed money from them which is for someone that doesn't know the first injection of outside capital into your company you would have to move out there. You know, they, they would like to, to see you and be able to touch you and replace you if, if you're not doing a good job. Right. Um, but now, you know, you know, in the 21st century and in particular the past five years, uh, the whole ecosystem uh, of software and the way that we're now operating businesses leaner, um, you know, more decentralized, right. It's kind of like, it's making it a lot easier for people to be in touch and to be part of a company and to uh, produce what they need to produce and, and keep tabs. Uh, they're supposed to, if you're a board member or something like that, without having you or you know, requiring you to be down the street. Mm -hmm. So in my case, um, you know, being born and raised in Miami, um, you know, you know, we have this, this great startup, you know, back then it was just an idea and, you know, you have big names, uh, you know, from Google to, to other names, you know, saying, Hey, you know, we, we think that this thing has some legs, um, but you got to move out here. And then you look at your property costs out there, you know, tax, so cost of living, you know, just going to the groceries is, is more expensive than going to the groceries down here. Right. So operating expenses on an individual level are higher. And as a, as a business owner, you're seeing how that translates. Okay. And, 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 and you're, you know, you're, let's say you're going to take a million dollars in San Francisco or a million dollars in Miami. Your company will go a lot farther in terms of, of sustainable life that I'll have, mm -hmm. right? Because every single day you're burning through more cash. If you, if, if you, if you found your company over there, right. Obviously there's some benefits, you know, engineering talent, um, you know, uh, synergies, uh, just bumping into VCs, in, you know, coffee shops. Right. But if no one, 
says, okay, well, I'm going to break the mold, right? And, and, you know, plant the flag here in Miami, then no one will. Um, so, you know, we, uh, now for better, but for back then we we're like, oh, for, for better, for worse, you know, in 2015, we said, we're going to establish this company. It's going to be a Miami based tech startup. We're going to build it like a West coast type startup. You know, we're not going to outsource our engineering. It's going to be done in house. Uh, we're going to get the brightest minds, right. And we're going to tackle big problems. Um, and we successfully have been able to do that over the past five years. And, uh, congratulations. First of all, we're, we're excited to see that. And, um, you're really blazing a trail for, for these startups, but t- talk to me a little. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that process. Mm. And you mentioned getting the brightest minds. Um, and how did you find the workforce, the tech workforce in South Florida? Were they already here? Were you uh, recruiting them here? And then how easy or not was it based on the the benefits, let's say, of South Florida? Um, so that's a great question. Uh, I feel that again over the past five years, that's totally changed. Five years ago, I was recruiting people that I went to high school with that had to leave to move to Austin to work at a startup in Austin. And then I'm like, Hey, you know, we're a legit startup here that, that, you know, has a legit man, legit chance to IPO. It's not like, you know, when these fly by night ones that will fail, you know, the majority of startups do fail, unfortunately, but you know, um, come back here or pitch, you know, let me evangelize you. You know, we have an amazing market that we could disrupt here. Um, Obviously, you have some expertise and, you know, my co-founders uh, do as well. So there's a lot that we bring to the table that just from the get-go, maybe, uh, you know, another startup doesn't have, right? So five years ago, I would have to convince even people from this market that were really talented and they were going to work from Google, um, a bunch of other startups, you know, let's say in Austin or LA, uh, and convince them to move back. Now, uh, because of companies like Magic Leap and Ultimate Software, they did all the heavy lifting for us. <laughs> <laughs> they bring all the talent down here and and we could hire from them. No, I'm just I'm just joking. <laughs> unless you're just, interested. Unless you're interested, yeah, please. Um no, but 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 basically companies like that, uh, you know, they work like magnets. Uh, you know, they you know, they go out, their HR departments, they recruit, right? And then even if they don't hire someone, right, a person has already maybe looked at, you know, the profile of what moving to South Florida, you know, would look like. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and go through that mental exercise, right. That there is an opportunity down there. So if, if I were to come across that person, right. They're, they're already one step into the process, you know, in terms of assessing the opportunity down here. Um, right. And I think the other important part of that conversation, which, um, you, you, uh, pointed out very, um, very well before when we were off air is that these, what you were talking about in terms of burning, let's say a million mm-hmm. in San Francisco or New York or how long, you know, how long your runway is compared to the, the cost of living and whatnot in those markets here. Mm-hmm. Um, from a business perspective, obviously it's uh, lower, um, lower sort of threshold, I guess, or cost, but also that applies to the individual or the workers, because you were saying if, you know, the market, if it's, X cost of living in San Francisco, just to put it simply for your employee, you're going to have to pay them more or you're going to have to assume more, um, you know, as a business, right? Business owner. So the, from the employee's perspective, they're also thinking in which market, like what, how much do I have to make to live a certain lifestyle? Yeah. And then there's the weather factor here, the climate, the other benefits that once you uh, get over the other hurdles that you mentioned before, South Florida all of a sudden becomes very uh, attractive destination. 
Yeah. Um, so we're, we're at 40 employees right now and, and you have to think about his entire package, right? So when I'm recruiting someone from, from Texas, uh, well, Texas doesn't have a state tax, but maybe that's not the best example. Let's say New York, um, Boston Chicago. or California, right? Um, what's the entire package? Well, what's my base comp? What's the stock, right? And what's that, what is that going to get me, you know, as a, you know, director of marketing or, or, you know, an associate in engineering, okay. Or a sales rep, right. Uh, in Miami and I fly them down and I say, okay, go to Brickell <laughs> for $2,400. You could have this beautiful apartment. That's new construction overlooking the Bay. Okay. Same $2,400 in San Francisco gets you a bunk. Right. <laughs> Essentially like a dorm for adults, <laughs> right? Like a pod. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, I, I much rather take that. Right. Yeah. Sure. You're, you're always going to have the relocation hurdle, right. Mm -hmm. Of just the going through the exercise of moving all your stuff. And do I want to be away from my family? Right. You can't get away from that. Right. But at some point, what I've seen at least is that there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a crossover and uh, it just, the opportunity makes it, you know, too, too good to pass up. Right. So, uh, you know, you want to work with a startup, you don't, you know, necessarily want to go into an old brick and mortar legacy company, right. That you're going to be working nine to five and have to wear a suit and, you know, don't have the creative freedom that you might at a startup. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's check. Number one is it a good startup. This one is it well-funded. Does it have a good future? Uh, that's obviously number two. Right. And if those two kind of check out, then it's pretty compelling the Miami pitch. It's like, okay, well, what else do I, what else do I need here? I, you know, I could create a great life for myself. Uh, I have some people that want to live part time of the year here, right? And part time of the year in SF, and that's completely fine too. I mean, that's layering on additional, um, I guess, cost burden to them. Sure. <laughs> but that's that should show you that they're even willing to take on more costs to move to Miami. To your point, like the weather. Right. Or, or the, and then the, the lifestyle, lifestyle um, yeah. the education, all of that is um, sort of the more that sort of rises, um, the, the more that the 365 days a year uh, population you see here also also rises. Right? And you know what? Um, another thing that doesn't get mentioned, I don't know if this, everyone's ever mentioned this, but proximity to Europe. <laughs> if you're okay. living in San Francisco, right, and you want to go to Italy, right, let's say you're making as an engineer, you know, $200,000 or, you know, $300,000, right? You want to go to Italy, right? It's not, or, or Spain, right? Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's double the flight time if you're in SF, right? It's a very good point. Um, so there's some people that, you know, are fine just living out West and doing trips to Hawaii. Right. But if they see themselves as a future leader of your company, right. All these things go into that package, right? This, 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 this kind of lifestyle package. And, um, and, you know, some people that might carry any weight, some people might not care for the apartment overlooking Biscayne Bay, but, you know, you have to present it all. And mm -hmm. I feel that when you when you group them all in, it's it's pretty compelling. I love it. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we're talking to Richard Lavina, CEO and co-founder of TaxFile here on the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I think what, um, what I'm hearing, uh, Richard, is that technology has made it possible, uh, more, even more so for companies and startups like yourselves to raise uh, money from, you know, the, the traditionally, um, let's say San Francisco or, or otherwise based venture startups. And then also it's better or easier to utilize it here in Miami as a, as a cheaper, um, market, relatively speaking. Let's talk about tax file though. And the, the company that you've grown and evolved into what I think you mentioned is now 
40 employees, right, full time, and then uh, used by over 1,300 or so uh, companies. But it's um, we're going to be airing this in October. And I know the October 15th uh, tax extension deadline is uh, is going to be coming up this month. So tell me a little bit about sort of tax file, the online filing services, and how it works. Cool. So um, our main product, or I guess our consumer product, is called TaxFile. Uh, it's, uh, we launched it back in 2016. It was the number one new tax app or number one new app just just app downloaded on the app store right yeah i yeah. saw that that was pretty cool number one featured app yeah when we launched we were like oh we we made her all high-fiving like four guys in a room uh <laughs> billionaires and we we're like oh no the journey's just getting started <laughs> so um uh that's pretty funny but every year after that um you know apple's ranked us the number one tax time app in the app store uh up there with TurboTax, uh slightly different product than TurboTax, right so you know i'll, I'll talk about it a little bit here it's it's mainly for small business operators and people that have a somewhat more complex tax position than your do-it-yourselfer, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then you're just W-2 and, you know, 1040-EZ. That used to be a 1040-EZ, right? Um, so let's say you're a non-resident, right? We have tons of those in, in Miami, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or an expat, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're living abroad. Uh, you go onto tax file. You can download anywhere in the world and you get, you know, connected to a CPA, uh, with an upfront cost, you know, upfront fee, fixed fee. So none of this, hey, my rate per hour and have to negotiate rates. It's it's kind of like Uber, right? You, you download Uber, you know exactly um, how much it's going to cost you to get from point A to point B, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that was that's a spirit behind TaxFile. It's we have a thousand three hundred CPAs. You know, we have over fifty five thousand users on the app itself um, wow. to, that come to us to get their taxes filed, whether it's for their business. Um, maybe one's it's a tax consultation, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. or it's a personal tax return or all of the above, you know, you add tax products to your cart, just like Amazon, uh, you get a fixed fee, you pay with Apple pay and you're connected with a CPA. Um, it's about 40% less than H and R block. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, you don't have to go in person and you go through right. all that a hassle. You could get it done from the comfort of your own home and have someone else do your taxes for you that has about 14 years experience doing taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we leverage the gig economy. So these CPAs, they're all licensed. So they either CPAs or IRS enrolled agents. So they know what they're doing and their average years of experience is like 14 years. So, um, you know, it's a high quality, uh, you know, tax, tax product that, you know, could service you if, if you have slightly more complex taxes than just someone that could go on TurboTax and be like, ah, oh, just, I'm looking for a big refund. I'll get it done in five hours. Okay, fine. You know. Right, right, right. Interesting. Well, uh, better look into that. Looks, yeah, sounds pretty cool. Give you a coupon. Um, <laughs> great. <laughs> and a uh, special rate for my real estate podcast listeners. I'm sure we can figure that out <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. You talked about Uber of um, Uber of tax industry. Is there surge pricing? It's like that question was just going through my <laughs> That's head. That's pretty funny. Right? Uh, <laughs> like no. in April, no, like, no, no, all no. of a sudden, like you see the rates going. <laughs> Luckily, we have we have. Uh, a lot of gig workers, so okay. no surge pricing this year. <laughs> it's something that gets discussed and thrown around every tax season, but um, we've been able to. Right now, we're we're mainly just focused to getting our name out there. Sure, you know, um, we're still a small startup. Uh, you know, we're looking to to get to a million users or whatever it is, right? So, so you know, no surge pricing. And speaking of growth, then, and what does the future look like for TaxFile? Mm. What other services mm. are you or do you plan to offer? So. We're currently uh, currently have two other products. Um, so tax files are direct to consumer. So you or myself, 
or a small business, you place an order for your one tax return, right? But uh, where we're kind of seeing the company exponentially take off, right? So we're experiencing about 600% growth year over year over last year. Um, you know, we're closing our fifth round of funding, fourth, you know, fourth round of funding, um, you know, this quarter uh, is this future workplace. So what we realize, um, similar to Slack, by the way, uh, uh, their founders didn't realize that they had an amazing product in their hands, right? Uh, they built it. Uh, I don't know. Do you know the I Slack I love story? Slack. No, I don't actually. Yeah, I so use Slack, it, but I don't know So Slack story. was a gaming company. Okay. So Andreessen Horowitz invested in Slack, and they were supposed to build games. Those games flopped. <laughs> but <laughs> needless to say, uh, because they don't do games anymore. Uh, but what they built out was this internal communication tool called mm -hmm. Slack. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and they went to their investors and their board and like, like, I think we could sell this. And they're like, okay, like you're, you're, it's a completely different market, completely different product. You don't even know how to sell B2B. And they said, it's so great that I think it'll work. And obviously, you know, they went from $0 to 10 million in, in their first year of operations, which is unheard of, right? Um, and there's the main platform, the premier platform right now for internal chat rooms and things right. like that. Um, you know, we leverage them to coordinate our kind of decentralized workforce, right? We have salespeople in New York and Texas, Illinois, San Francisco, um, Silicon Valley, Miami, Denmark, South Africa. We use Slack, you know, to kind of internally communicate, right? But um, we had a similar type of epiphany where with, you know, when we had tax file and we got to, you know, a few thousand users, we're like, well, <laughs> this is like the future of the accounting firm um, or the future of professional service firms. Um, you know, just because I'm servicing, you know, an individual uh, client here doesn't mean that it's exclusive to that. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, we took our platform and we started selling it to CPA firms. Um, you know, we said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if all the staff that you have on, you know, floor three and floor four were remote, right? And you could provide them the flexibility and the work-life balance that they desire, right? I'm sure no one wants to dress up in these suits and come to your, you know, the office nine to five, regardless if they have something to work on today or not, right? Or, you know, the uncomfortable conversation of, oh, I need to dip out early because I need to pick up my kids, right? Wouldn't it be great if you could give them the flexibility that they could do whatever they want, you know, uh, and, and, and operate on their life schedule, right? But then you still get back the benefit of getting you those tax returns or those bookkeeping jobs that they need to do. And like, yeah, you know, that'd be great. And, and then we say, okay, well, wouldn't it be great is if you could make margin off that as well. So it's like, it's like a win-win it's, it's, you know, the, the company, because we're kind of this making this remote workforce, right. Uh, saves on overhead. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the way our platform works, it, it's fixed cost engagement, right? So, you know, you pay that individual now per output, as opposed to kind of like per hour, and then you have to reconcile and negotiate and tons of administrative overhead there. Um, and, you know, there's complete buy-in then from the CPA firm, there's complete buy-in from the workforce, right? As our 1,300 CPAs have shown that uh, they would rather work full-time on a work layer or on a tax file. That's the, the platform's called work layer. Mm -hmm. um, servicing CPA firms, uh, you know, in this type of Uber driver, you know, model, gig sure. economy model, then having to go every single nine day, to nine five. to five with two weeks fixed vacation, right? Not getting paid kind of like overtime. Overtime was something that, you know, the accounting industry kind of did away with uh, in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. Um, so they don't see you in, in the overtime, right? Um, and then you're in complete control of your future. You could say, okay, well, I want to make $200,000 this year. 
okay, you know exactly how many jobs you need to pick up to make $200,000. Mm-hmm. If you don't, that's fine. How much do you want to make? Do you want to take off to Europe, you know, from June to September? Fine. No one's going to tell you otherwise, right? And then when you get back, if you want to work 100 hours a week, you can. Right. Right. So it's, you know, so, so what we realized is that we had something here in the platform itself. And then we started selling that to, to CPA firms and, you know, every, you know, we have a, a big four CPA firm. Uh, we're international. We have an office in Sydney, Australia. Um, so this isn't just like a U.S. tax product anymore. It's mm-hmm. kind of a future of work platform. So just to be clear, if I'm understanding you yep. correctly, do you mean, are you referring to like a white glove servicing um, to big fours or, or does it come through tax file? So separate from tax file. Okay. So um, it's it's a it's a it's a separate platform. Uh, it's direct to business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's some some additional features in order to kind of manage the workforce, and there's some onboarding process. And it is white glove. We have a a customer service team that I've hired from hoteling companies because they're really great at customer service. So I have a bunch of ex Marriott uh, people. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. Um, helping onboard the CPA firms and navigating all the jobs of thousands and thousands of tax returns that they need to do to my workforce and mm-hmm. then back to them. Um, so we could, you know, make sure that we hit their expectations. Um, but you know, all that grouped in, what we're doing is essentially just the future of working in the accounting industry, right? We, we feel that, that pro- the professional service industry abroad, whether it's accounting or even legal, um, has two components to it. The people that are going to be in your office that have the people skills, right? They're going to be managing your book and the relationships, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Cross-selling your, your your customers, consulting, right? And getting them out into the field. And then the people that do the compliance work, the commoditized work, right? Um, the scientists, so to speak, the person preparing the tax return, right? And when you bifurcate those two things, okay, uh, we feel that, that that work should all go through work layer. And when you do that, we're seeing these firms increase their margins by like 35, 40%. So Richard, um, fascinating, fascinating uh, story, both tax file and also just the future of, of where uh, your business is going. Um, speaking of the future, sort of take us out here, paint the picture for me of how you see the the startup scene um, in Miami sort of evolving in the next five, 10 years. Let's say I know recently we had uh, the Amazon HQ2 proposal. We were in that uh, top 10 are we going to see more opportunities like that in the future? What, like what, what sort of, where, where are we going here? I would hardly consider Amazon now a startup given that how, how large they are. Sorry, not but, the start but, of the, the tech but, scene, right? No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's a, obviously a major component. As I mentioned earlier, the larger startups you know, ultimate software, the Chewies, the, the magic leaps of the world, right? They act as magnets and they mm-hmm. kind of, you know, bring in people, engineers, STEM type people that you need to have a tech backbone, right? Without them, there is no software, there's no hardware, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, yeah, they're definitely very important, but what I'm more bullish on is is the ground up. It's it's the entrepreneurs like myself that are uh, making a leap, okay? Uh, From whatever line of work that they're currently in into figuring out new ways to solve problems, leveraging the technology um, that's available, you know, readily available now, either on GitHub, the open source stuff, right? Or the proprietary stuff that, that you know, some of these engineers uh, come up with. So um, you can't do that as well without the cash component, right? Because you're not going to leave your your job, you know, let's say you're making a hundred, you know, thousand dollars or $50,000 or whatever it is, um, if you're not funded, right? And, and, you know, with funds like, 
you know, Rocker, Ocean Azul, um, you know, Krillian and things like that. Uh, there's now an opportunity, you know, 10 years ago, wasn't like that. You know, they're getting larger, right? Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see more success in terms of the portfolio uh, companies, the companies in the portfolios right now to, you know, make those funds uh, larger and larger to support more and more uh, bets on startups because uh, that's essentially how Dell got started. Dell and, and the Austin, everyone talks about Austin. It's a tech, Austin, there was no software before Dell. Uh, and there was no tech ecosystem in, in Texas. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, in Texas, I guess. Um, until Dell IPO'd. And mm-hmm. then they made a ton of millionaires overnight. And then all their friends were like, well, how did you become a millionaire? I want to do that. <laughs> okay. Either on the investing side or on the working side. So, you know, it'll take a few more larger exits. You know, Chewy had a good exit. Um, me personally, I would like to see an IPO, um, you know, and a company stay, uh, you know, and grow to a couple thousand employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. To, to, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like what Salesforce is doing right now to San Francisco. You think, San Francisco, you know, Oracle and Apple and all this stuff, but, you know, it doesn't stop there. Just because you get one or two winners doesn't mean you can't have, an infinite amount of winners, you know, Salesforce, you know, with Salesforce tower and the cool things that uh, they're doing, right. Uh, you know, there were, you know, where were they 10 years ago? Right. So it's going to take a few of those companies to stay and to cement themselves. And you know, I feel to go through the IPO process and, um, to gravitate more STEM workers, right. You've, you're familiar with STEM, right. Uh, remind me. So it's a software technology, engineering, mathematics, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the, the those are the fields mm-hmm. in education, right? That actually uh, create wealth, right? Uh, they they build the the software platforms. Uh, they 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 engineer the the magical leap uh, hardware, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they create your products that you could then sell, right? Without them, you don't have a product. Um, so it's going to take a few more winners down here to gravitate more. But man, I, I feel like in the next ten years. Uh, you know, at least from from where I'm sitting, we're gonna have um, you know a, a, a crazy different ecosystem uh, than what we had five years ago, right? So five years ago, maybe we had a couple coding boot camps. Now they're popping up all over the place, right? Before it used to be, oh, I need to outsource my engineering, right? Now it's like, okay, well, there's actually people around here that understand you know full stack development in JavaScript and in a few different languages, right? Um, so you're seeing a lot more of that and, and it's really exciting because all you need is the right combination of that with the capital and, and then the founder um, to have a successful startup. I like it. It sounds like the future is bright. Um, Richard, we're, we're going to leave it there. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Richard Lavina, CEO and founder of TaxFile, representing the gentleman of Belen and the future <laughs> of Miami's tech startup scene. Uh, really excited everything you guys cool. are doing. Wish you all the best of luck. Remember, guys, tax uh, extension deadline is October 15th. Make sure you check out Tax File. Get some help from uh, from the pros over there. And Richard, hope to have you back on the show Thanks soon. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. it Thank fun. you. Thanks, guys.